0: Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics, with your host, Ben Husong and me, Sean Hannan. Welcome to episode 52, a, uh, Early edition of episode of Sports Clicks and Politics here. F- episode 52 is a Sunday edition of uh, SCAP here. So, uh, welcome everybody on this, uh, I guess, special edition of our, our show. Mr. Hughesong, thank you for joining us. Thanks.
1: Thanks for accommodating this uh, special Sunday edition. It is my fault. And uh, Sean was gracious
0: enough to accommodate my Sch- scheduling difficulties happen. So, here we are. Every and, now and then. And it's not like we had a shortage of news here, so, no, so we yeah, we it. could get to it and uh, didn't have to wait another day for it. Um, Basically, was, the
1: option was he was going to have to do the show without me tomorrow or I could do it today, and I was like, I, I really want to be on this one, yeah, so this he said, all, all right, we'll do so, it Sunday.
0: Yeah, so uh, I thank everybody for uh, joining us here. Uh, if you're uh, just uh, filling in the room here, be sure to like, share, and subscribe the video here or subscribe to the channel here and share the uh, video out and uh, get everybody uh, aware that we're here a day early. Um how was your weekend so far? I know we're uh, in the middle of it here, but my week has been wonderful. Today or
1: yesterday was my 11th winning anniversary with my wife, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. It's been 11 wonderful years and I I joked because I, I sent her a message of something to the effect of I think this last year was the craziest year between COVID and starting a new business and everything else. And then I laughed cuz like I actually it might not be We've had a pretty wild ride so far between yeah, nice. moving children, schools, businesses, the whole nine. So it's been a fun ride, and God bless her. Well, it She's sounds like you guys piggybacked
0: me. all those things a little bit into the year of dismay of last year anyway, right? Uh, I mean, you opened up a business right after the pandemic, right? Yes,
1: and I think that for the most part, that's my wiring is anytime there's something chaotic or bad, it's an opportunity. And a- and every problem is an opportunity in disguise. And so it's a the idea is don't get bogged down. Just let's figure out how to get out of this. And it was. it just everything lined up and... We kept moving on it. So it's been it's been a great thing and this is where I'm very like pro marriage as things go. Not necessarily like stayed involved in my relationship marriage, but the the I idea, don't judge, Ben. I don't judge the idea of a commitment yes. and everything else because it's a I know I look at all the stuff that I do between coaching and businesses and what she does with businesses and the gym and being the, the the mom on everything. And I like I just laugh. Like we couldn't do it without the other one. There's no possible way we could have done it because it just requires so much back and forth planning and balance that nobody could do it alone. So Happy anniversary to my lovely wife. It's been uh, it's been a fun ride thus far, and then got to coach a baseball game. Team did very well this week, so that was fun. My parents are in town from Memphis for their, uh, I think, forty fifth college reunion. So excited wow. for them over at Niagara U. Nice. Uh, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. More yeah, fun. And, again, you, you, and you
0: still got the show today, so your weekend is not quite done. We'll fit it all in, buddy. Yeah. We'll get,
1: there's always time. Like you said, you love doing nothing. I can't <laughs> do
0: nothing. It doesn't fit my personality. So we talked about it with the show here. So we had a. Uh, uh quite a, a, a news event happened here we're going to touch and then the uh the uh freedom of information request that was done on the nih for dr fauci's email so that's going to be the kind of the main crux of the uh, show here we'll get to that in a little bit
1: i mean truly some stuff that came out of nowhere i mean
0: the new york times hasn't reported on it yet so then I mean, you know it's news <laughs> they make sure that anything that's actually real news you're like we don't touch that Now, oh. wait the cia didn't give this to us yeah. <laughs> never mind um Probably not a good weekend for our first discussion, though. Here, um, how how bad do you feel for John Rahm? Here? Awful. Yeah, I mean the dude. <clears throat> first of all, for background, uh, the Memorial Tournament, Murfield uh, was this is Jack's tournament, right? Yeah, really good tournament. Not a major, but people really really get up for this tournament. Um, John Rahm, I think his three score sixty nine, sixty five, sixty four. He shoots a sixty four, takes a six stroke lead at the Memorial, walks off the green. Probably can't feel any happier. Feeling basically, he got this in the bag, and is told that he must withdraw because he tested positive for COVID. Mm. This is a like a twenty-five-year-old dude playing outside golf, yep. ten feet away from anybody. Yep. So the PGA put him in testing protocol on the thirty-first because he came in contact with somebody. So right. the only reason he's even tested is because he doesn't have any symptoms. He's compl- uh, clearly he just shot a sixty-four. Obviously. <laughs> Um, not saying you can't play good golf sick, but clearly Michael this dude in the flu game. Right, this guy is on fire right here, right? So, no symptoms, young dude, seemingly healthy. I'm not sure what the contact was and how uh he was placed into the contact tracing by the PGA, but apparently he was tested negative for multiple days leading up to uh, Saturday, and then Saturday's test came back positive. They retested it, came back positive again. He was forced to withdraw. I mean, This is just a sad state of where we're at in this whole thing. I'm just kind of like, as we're dragging this out to the end, we're getting these glaring examples of what we did wrong, and this is just another one.
1: So this is one where maybe it was the right call. I'm open to that idea, but the questions that I would want to have answered are: number one, what was the PCR test set to? What what was the cycle threshold that you ran it to? Where did he test positive? Because if he tested positive at 23 and then at 25 the next day, like yeah, no, that's that's legitimate. You you probably should isolate. Um, also what was the close contact? And then listen, I think this is where people's ignorance on the topic. And I'm going to use that word deliberately, because if you choose not to read any studies and you choose not to learn anything about it, you are by definition ignorant on the topic, regardless of if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a average person with a podcast doesn't matter. If you just choose not to look at it, that is the very definition of ignorance. And I don't mean it in an insulting way. It's just an accurate description. The idea that outdoor spread from a 27-year-old or 25-year-old professional athlete, and I know golf's not the most athletic thing in the world. It's still a professional sport. He's still a professional athlete. He's still in exceptional physical shape. He's not John Daly. So outdoor transmission, asymptomatic. Like, this is where the ignorance comes in because anybody who's been paying attention would know, all right, well, he's young and healthy, so his risk of getting and or spreading is very low. Uh, He's outside, so automatically the risk is very low, and he doesn't have any symptoms. So those three things combined mean him spreading it to somebody else is less than a one-in-a-million shot. Like That's what's so frustrating about it is, And then let's factor in. Let's say they did set the PCR test to 40, and he tested positive at 36 cycles. Now it's about a 97% chance that it was a false positive to begin with. So, I mean, th- this is what's been maddening about watching all of this come out and why the, the lack of specificity of people of, well, Asymptomatic spread does happen. No, it doesn't. Pre-symptomatic spread on occasion, like 0.5% of all cases, or I think it's even lower than that, I think it's 0.3, then yes, I guess if that's what you want to plan for. Young people can spread it. Yeah, but they're like 24,000 times less likely than a person in their 80s to spread it. It's not close. It's not like six of one and five of the other. It's, it's not close to each other. And the idea of outdoor transmission, well, the crowds could get close. Yeah, well, unless they're like literally sucking on his face, the odds are that he's not going to do it, because as it turns out, vitamin D pretty much kills the virus on contact. So what do you know? UV light from the sun combined with vitamin D pretty much immediately kills the virus.
0: Yeah, this is just a compilation of a bunch of errors that have led to this guy's you know, basically despair that he has to withdraw from this tournament. It's crazy that we're even at this point still.
1: It's just dumb. That's my problem. How much sympathy do you want me to have? The guy's professional golfers make millions of dollars. I got it. Here's the flip side of that. He's also,
0: I mean, literally, they took millions of dollars away from him today. Here's
1: the flip side of it. Think about, for the average person listening to this podcast, you have never worked as hard at anything as this man has worked at golf to achieve the level of success he has achieved. He's going up and... Every day, multiple hours a day for his entire life at this one thing, just to do this. Now, is he saving the world? No. Is he curing cancer? No. But this is his chosen profession, and he's worked exceedingly hard at it. And to take a six-stroke lead into Sunday at a, not a major, but at a big tournament... Is no small feat. That is that is some high level golf you are playing. Yeah, it's a great field, and to have it taken away from you over something like this, if it's a legitimate health threat, obviously nobody's going to say no to that. My bet is it's not because if you actually explained the odds of of this to somebody as like, all right, he's an athlete, he's in very good shape, he's very young, it's going to be all outdoors. We'll we'll tell everybody to just keep their distance from him. And the problem is, people would panic because they don't know the real data. Because if they actually understood the real information, they wouldn't panic over it. Like, I would go watch John Rom play golf right now. He could play in my backyard. I, I'd hang out. Like, yeah. I would be with him now. Totally fine. Again, not going to hug him, not going to get all up in his face on the off chance that he somehow has it. But, okay, cool. How hard is it to be like, oh, give me a fist bump at the beginning and have at it? Good luck. Yeah. Go play golf. Like, you're outside. All of the things that could be mitigating factors are there, but we have had all of our CDC, NIH, Dr. Fauci, President Biden, all the way down the line, Andrew Cuomo, Dr. Zucker, misleading people on what the actual threats are. And, and just not even lying, but just letting people assume that the, the risk is so much higher than it actually is for asymptomatic spread, for outdoor spread, and for young, healthy people to spread it. It's just crazy that we're allowing this to continue to happen and it's just born of ignorance because it's easier to not know the information and let other people make the
0: decisions for us.
1: That's what's really sad.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. Like I said, I, you know, I do feel bad for the guy because again, as you point out, this is what he this is what his life's work is and basically just getting taken away. I would say at the peak of his career here, but, I mean, he is in the prime of his career, and this is a big-deal tournament. It's a pinnacle and, moment. Yeah, and he's basically wiped off the map here. So,
1: For, And that's the problem I have. Uh, you're like, oh, all he does is hit a white ball around. Who cares? Like, no, this man has put in 18-hour days of just hitting golf balls. And, yeah, like, you might joke that that sounds fun. I promise you on day it. four of 15-hour days hitting golf balls,
0: you'd be over it. Yeah. Like I, I'm done. <laughs> I, I hit about 20 balls before I warm up. And I'm done. Like,
1: I don't even warm up. You know, I just walk onto the thing like, let's play.
0: I'm terrible if I don't hit those 20 swings. So. That's good, then. All right. I'm I, terrible anyway, so I just don't care well, about I mean, swings. I guess that's true. I just blame the lack of swings. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's stay in the sports world for a second here. Coach K announces his retirement. I don't know. That came out of nowhere a little bit, I feel like. Uh I mean, the man is 72. So, I, well, maybe because we're scarred. Maybe I'm scarred. I don't know, because we have uh, Bayheim here locally here, and he's been around, similar age, good friends. I figured he would have been first, I guess, if I had I to pick between Behan the two. Be first, um, and so Coach K beat him to it. Uh, he's going to retire after the 21-22 season, so that'll be his uh, final season. I'm guessing he's probably the second best coach, college coach of all time, John Wooden. John I mean, Wooden's probably number yeah, one. Yeah, I mean. Coach K's probably. Uh, hard, where's I Bobby mean, Knight in? Where's Bobby
1: Knight? Yeah. Where's he fit in on the on your hierarchy of college coaches ultimately.
0: Um, he's up there. I mean, he's a obviously not a pleasant person. Um, him. he's but he's a great basketball coach. For I mean, sure. super super sharp mind and obviously had attention to detail and very disciplined and the way he I mean, was successful, right? So I mean, it's not I'm not going to argue argue with his success. Can't but, argue the results. But Coach K and listen, Coach K gets the the reputation as as being maybe an anti uh Bobby Knight, but Oh, yeah, I've right. seen him. I've seen him pretty irate on the sidelines. So I mean, I'm assuming that he has uh, he's dropped some some f bombs in his uh, practice. If the
1: standard for being the anti coach night is just not choking a player or throwing a chair, then sure, Coach K's got it.
0: But the idea this that seems he like was... a, this seems like a good spot. Did I t- ever tell you about the time I got thrown out of Cameron Indoor? No. Yeah. Well, here we go. You guys ready?
1: I'm hit me h- with this. <laughs>
0: So I'm walking around the campus. This is not a not a not at a basketball game. Just walking around campus. I was sure. visiting North Carolina. I think my parents were or my mom was my sister. I don't know. We we're walking around my my son. And all of a sudden I see the sign that says Shoshevskyville. I'm like, oh my God, Cameron must be here. And I don't know if you've ever been there. But it it doesn't look like a basketball arena. I mean, we're we're scarred because of the dome is some gigantic, you know, monstrosity of a stadium. But you go there and Cameron indoor is looks like just a hall. Like he doesn't look like anything. I'm like, Oh, this is oh, Cameron Indoor's right here. So we walk in. We're walking around. They have some trophies and whatnot, knickknacks, kind of like in the whatever. And I hear basketball bouncing, so I'm like, "Oh, what's going on?" I, I poke my head in, and I the Duke team is practicing. So I and I feel like I remember seeing Cherokee Parks as, sure. as a long time ago, but yeah, that's the guy I remember stuck in my head. My time, yeah, but go um, ahead. and I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Oh wow!" So I fold my arms. I'm looking back. I'm watching him run up and down the court a couple times, and then all of a sudden, a whistle's blown, and Johnny Dawkins stands up, points to me, and he's like, "You get out of here." It's like you got to get out of here, and I'm like, oh shit! So I'm like, oh, all right. set. All right. So I got it, got out. But basically, I saw Coach K sitting next to Dawkins, they were sitting like ten rows back up into the stands, and they were having this practice. So that's my uh, claim to fame. I got thrown out of Cameron by Johnny Dawkins.
1: That's pretty. It's a good claim. Yeah,
0: you did well. Yeah, I mean, I won't talk about other things I've been thrown out of. This was an easy one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's not go down that road.
0: But so I don't know. I feel like that was kind of worth noting in our uh, our sports version of the uh, the the show here. Uh, you know, wishing him us the best. I'm assuming he probably could do anything he wants at this point. Uh, I'm not sure if he's gonna stay in basketball or go be happy someplace, but <laughs> congratulations on a great career, Coach K, I guess. Sure. Uh not a
1: huge fan, obviously, but all respect to
0: because he, he's earned every bit of it. Um yeah, I mean I think I think he was a great coach. I think agreed. if agreed if I had you know, if if my son was a basketball star and I would have him as consideration of a coach to go to. I mean your son I think is
1: six six. Why wasn't he a basketball? Well, he star? played golf.
0: Uh it doesn't really make sense. I just <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's six seven, too, by the way. Maybe he's my six eight. Bad. Whatever. All right, let's uh let's move on to one of our other favorite uh episodes here. Oh no, I've fucked up again. Sorry. Well, this is not I wanna go into one thing before we go into uh Hunter Biden's laptop, but uh Elon Musk caught uh, caught the crosshairs of uh, Anonymous uh, because of his Bitcoin stuff here. Did you see any of that? We played that video. Um, Anonymous is basically calling out Musk, talking about the idea that um, he's just a billionaire. Uh, You know, he had kind of got this reputation of being a people's billionaire because of, uh, you know, space exploration and electric cars and whatnot and his uh, embracement of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. But apparently that turn has caught the ire of uh, Anonymous, And seemingly, I think they'll have their attention here from the next, uh, uh, going forward here and see what he does with his, I don't know, he, he tweeted something, some breakup meme or something. I don't know. Over the weekend, I forgot what exactly what he did, but he was breaking up with Bitcoin. I don't know. And then that obviously dropped like seven, 10% or some shit. So, um, anonymous, uh, kind of coming to the defense of Bitcoin. Uh, interesting to have two, I don't know, technologically savvy, uh, realms colliding there a little bit. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know. How, I don't know. It, it just seems like if you're,
0: you got. I don't not, know how it plays out, but I find it super interesting.
1: I do too, because it's not like it's two heavyweights. It's a, uh, it's a heavyweight versus a anonymous army of different people. Like, I, it's trying to fight a decentralized foe, and that's that's not an easy
0: feat ever. Um, maybe he's up to the task. Who knows? They do raise some good points in the video. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's a. Uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, Let's see if I can pull up the video here for you guys. I don't know if I have it here available. Give me one second. Sorry. Oh, I do. Here we go. I'll read from the article here for you guys. Uh, If I can find it on my other one here. Bear with me. I know you guys can see it, but I can't. There it is. Anonymous threatens to target billionaire Elon Musk for his manipulation of Bitcoin's value with his cavalier tweets say he's say he shows disregard for average working person. So basically they're saying that his uh, tweets are artificially manipulating the market, basically causing people who have uh, uh, invested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies to basically feel the hardships of that swings, knowing that Elon Musk doesn't really care about the swings. He's got enough money to to handle all the swings here. So um, I I don't know. Watch the video. It's only like a three, three and a half minute video. Um, I find it interesting. Maybe it's just the beginning of something here, but it is uh, newsworthy, I thought. Now let's let's move on to uh another topic of uh uh fun here. Hunter Biden's laptop again in the news, Mr. Hugh Sung. This is the gift that keeps on giving. We we've talked about this. Hunter is the gift that keeps on giving, but uh in this uh news or email uh release or uh review of his emails, apparently the the stripper baby mama uh that he uh uh, didn't know uh, actually worked for his firm and had uh, health insurance through his company that Hunter Biden then proceeded to make sure that she was removed from after uh, it became public. So baby daddy basically stripped baby mama of her health insurance, uh, even though, uh, all the things point to point to a good father of not doing those things. So
1: I don't if, know if, if there's anything I could say as a father for. If there's anything I could do to my children to help them, it would be to take them off of health insurance and make sure they don't have it. Survival of the fittest. I got to build these kids strong, man. All right, obviously, because that's what happened for Hunter Biden. Just he was left to his own devices to pave his own path and not suckle at the teat of family power. And look at the man he turned into.
0: Yeah. So apparently. Uh, you know, she was working at uh, Rosemount Seneca. We've talked about them before, the uh, investment, whatever they are, and the money laundering outfit.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a money laundering outfit. And, and um,
0: it's a pay to play and it's every level of corruption you could
1: possibly want. And this is my problem again. It came out, which was so obvious from the beginning of denying paternity. I didn't know her. She was just a stripper. She was just this. All right. So let's say all that part was true. So then you hired her to be a part of your firm to give no her recollection approach. of the encounter. I mean, that part might actually be true. I guess true. Uh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Um, so I, I look at it and, like, this is such a blatant cover-up, and nobody in the media will go after this, like, whatsoever. Again, it, this is guys on the Internet just finding this, and like, with no massive following and pointing it out, and it's irrefutably true. Like, it's, it's so unbelievably not opinion that you just look at it and, like, Imagine if you had an organization like Fox News or CNN or the New York Times or anybody with the resources of these organizations really start diving in. What else would you find?
0: Yeah, I just, like I said, this dude is just a complete piece of crap, so this is just another feather in that piece of crap hat that he's wearing. But, I mean, the story, he's he's terrible. Oh, he's a horrific human. He's a terrible human.
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure. And, And the idea, like, and this is my favorite part, is, well, Hunter Biden didn't run for president. No, but his father, who he worked for and who yes, it's not like his
0: father has disowned him and like he's in you know some isolated like they work together they're they're right. intimately involved it's not like his father's even separated himself from his son to be like hey
1: listen i love you i can't be involved in what you're doing because it's not right no no no. his father's in like his father is a member of these llcs his father is the big guy who's getting a cut his father is the one who in the text messages between family says i won't take 50 percent of your profits the way dad does weird right it's weird that that's not reported. So yeah, there's this Chinese wall I'm sure between Joe and Hunter Biden. That seems ex- entirely plausible unless you're going to apply any level of objectivity and honesty whatsoever. And that's my my frustration over the last year of looking at that hard drive, of looking at these emails, of listening to Tony Bobolinsky, of listening to of reading these stories about the other le- the other family members all enriching themselves from the public domain. All illicitly, all under the table, of nuclear secrets being stolen by China, facilitated by a company that Hunter Biden happens to be on the board with, of somehow getting approved when Joe Biden is vice president. And I'm looking at all of this and going, How am I supposed to buy that this
0: is all just happenstance and honest mistakes? Dude? Yeah, when well, we covered last week the you know, he had Biden went to meetings set up by Hunter with Ukrainians. Yeah, Ukrainians, Russians. And Russians. Yeah.
1: I mean, like Well, he was the vice president. Like, guys, this is not even, I don't even understand how
0: this is a debatable maybe, maybe point. Maybe after like 50 whatever years, Biden finally has become a good human. Yeah. That's, President that's, Biden, I mean.
1: Yeah, obviously. Now he's benevolent. He's FDR. He's
0: finally figured it out.
1: Yeah, like this is, and this is the greatest whitewashing of a reputation since FDR. Because, I mean, we talk about FDR on this pedestal of like he was this champion for the people. He, the guy threw Japanese American citizens in internment camps for years for no reason. No, they didn't do anything wrong. He just suspended the Constitution and put him in there.
0: I'm not, I'm not sure if this is my favorite FDR story, but did you know that when Jesse Owens returned from the Olympics, he was not invited to the White House, but just that. just the white athletes? Mm-hmm. What a dumbass.
1: Yeah, what a terrible human being. He's the same guy that made it illegal for the average citizen to own gold. Most people don't realize this. It was illegal for you to own gold as an American citizen from 1933 or 34 until about 1970. It was illegal for you to own gold. It was a felony. FDR signed that law, making it a felony to own gold, confiscated all the gold, bought it from people, obviously, because he's so benevolent, at a price of like $18 an ounce. And then once all the gold was taken in, raised the price to $34 an ounce. So the U.S. government now has all this gold, and it suddenly has doubled in value. And I'm supposed to buy that this guy was some magnanimous, benevolent leader? Forget that. He was, a, he was awful. Like, if you read what he wrote about people, he was just an elitist that just didn't care, and he thought he had this God complex where he was the savior, he was the answer, and he didn't care about the ramifications. Like, this is amazing, and I'm seeing the same thing with Joe Biden. If you're putting—I love seeing my Facebook feed with all, like, my far-left friends of, like, why did we work so hard to get Joe Biden in office if he wasn't even going to do anything? And I'm sitting there going, yeah, if only some of us had told you he's not
0: that guy— He's never been that guy. No, I heard from my left friends, they were all like, let's just get him in. We can, can we'll change him when he gets in. I'm like, okay. Yeah, F- you're going to change the later. guy with 38 years of yeah. as a Senate He's experience
1: plus a vice president and who's been on the take for at least 30 of the 38 years. That's going to happen. Yeah, that's the guy you're going to get to. Good luck.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, Hunter Biden, piece of shit. Yep. Um, we'll see how that all you know, Did you I'm see a, the
1: thing about Joe Biden, like how his marriage to Jill actually
0: started? Right here in
1: Strathmore? I mean, like with the affair that she was married and then they were I've carrying on. And like somehow we don't talk about that.
0: They, uh, there's kind of, uh, I have seen that, yes. And they say they met a certain place at a blind date, but they had already met. Of course like, they had. Yeah. So he so. crashed
1: her car while
0: she was still married. <laughs>
1: like, oh, what a weird coincidence. Yeah, the husband found out, yeah. Right. And the husband found out. And this is the thing, like, All I'm asking for is transparency and fairness and objectivity on both sides. That's all I want. Because if we're going to talk about how Donald Trump was out nailing porn stars when his son was just born, which I'm on board with. We should know that. That is something that should be public, so we can form an opinion on these people. Then we should also know about his Joe Biden skeletons. Like, if you're going to go this route, let's go this route both ways. And I think it's all fair in politics. That's my personal opinion. And then I can decide if I care or not based on what I'm seeing. I can decide if this is where it, it all lines up or not. Just give me the information and stop acting like you need to be the one responsible for what I am capable of handling information wise.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, but the media and a little bit this week with the New York times, like the the news have become just, you know, the flag waivers of whatever particular side they want to be on. So there's no, there's no standard for reporting if there's They could take all of the Trump accusations for nepotism, whatever, and apply them directly to Biden. But that'll never happen if they're supportive of any kind of. Uh, Yeah, I don't understand
1: why it's like a controversial statement to be like Donald Trump is a terrible human being. Joe Biden is a terrible human being. I I, I don't understand how that's at all controversial. And to say like, well, he's worse. "Mm, You sure? Because you want to go into skeletons, I got news for you. You're not going to like what you find on either one of these Mm -hmm. gentlemen. I don't understand the embrace of people that call themselves humanitarians and far left of Joe Biden any more than I understand the embrace of evangelicals for Donald Trump. You know what? That's not true. I get the one for Donald Trump more because at least even though he was a piece of human garbage, or is, I'm speaking in past tense, at least the policies he was espousing were somewhat in line. Like, you knew he didn't believe the stuff personally, but he was pushing the policy. And he basically said, look... I'm the guy who's going to go and fight for you. I'll be your junkyard dog, and I'll go do the dirty work. Joe Biden came out and was like, yeah, we do need to make sure that we close down those, and those, those prisons. And no more kids in cages. And yeah. great news, there's no more kids in cages. Now they're in internment camps. Facilities. Uh, facilities. They're in cages. And you just sit there like. More than ever. Guys. I don't understand, like, if you wanted to vote for Donald Trump as an evangelical because you thought he was the one to get you to the places that you think are most important, I understand that, I do, because he probably was trying towards that, but to embrace him as, like, some hero in God's chosen person, like, what is wrong with you? Honestly, like, how do you look at this man and the track record and everything he's done, and the guy is an egomaniac, he's a sociopath, he is, so is Joe Biden, and I get you want to make the decision of the lesser of two evils, Cool. I got it. Maybe we could stop short of claiming that these people are like lunchbox Joe or God's chosen servant to to lead America out of this dark time and bring everything to light. Like maybe they're just human beings that are significantly flawed that are tending towards sociopathic that have achieved massive levels of success in their chosen fields, but that also don't give a crap about who you are as a person. No, they care about themselves. And they would sacrifice you in
0: a second if it meant getting a little more power without a second thought. No doubts, no doubts. So let's go on to, I guess, I'm not going to, maybe he's a bigger piece of shit. Um, Dr. Anthony Fauci. So we had a, when was this, Tuesday last week? I can't remember now. It's like right after our show, I feel like. So Uh, um, whenever it was. There was a freedom of information request uh, for, to the uh, NIH for sent and received emails for Dr. Fauci. We received 3,249 emails, I think was the uh, document report. Sounds right. Um, I skimmed through some of them. There's I, I haven't skimmed through all of them. Um, a lot of people have kind of broken them apart and done some reporting on some of the pieces there. I want to kind of touch on just the, the general sense of what happened here. So BuzzFeed and Washington Post uh, filed this Freedom of, freedom of Information request, and, again, they, they got these uh, emails uh, sometime last week. Now, there are some that are still redacted, um, some parts of the emails that are still redacted, so we don't have the full uh, scope of what was going on here. But some of the things that I found interesting, uh, just skimming through. So, um, well, first... I did you see my, my crazy uh, my crazy post of 16 screenshots is up over 1,700 shares? Yeah, it's
1: the most I've ever seen. It's the most shares me, I've ever seen. By, by,
0: for me, by far. Like my, yeah. I think my next closest is like 50. So. I mean, you're a celebrity now. I don't know about that. Your internet All famous. that was was literally just, well, my holy shit uh, comment, and then just 16 screenshots of what I thought, a in a general sense, was exactly how COVID played out in the real world. And this was dated from, like, January or February of 2020 um, from a physicist. And I can't remember the guy's name right now. Um, but go, go, go check my Facebook page and you can find that out. But the, the emails laid out basically saying, Hey, we think the Chinese government is hiding numbers. We think this has been around uh, since the fall and in, in the United States since the fall of uh, 2019, much different than we had thought that it would got here. in sometime in February, I feel like, um, or even March. Yeah. And, this physicist lays this all out. It's again, it's a long email since I posted 16 screenshots Fauci. I'm not sure if he read it or not, but he responds too long. Didn't read basically. So this, this physicist lays out this whole critique of what's going on. Basically says China's, you know, fudging their, their numbers. And they think that this has been around uh, much longer in my mind, that kind of, you know, he basically says in there that they, in in the United States, they were uh, misidentifying, uh, COVID cases as flu cases yep. as early as November. So, which makes me think the virus has been spreading for months before we decided to lock down, which is,
1: which would comport with all the evidence it, that's available.
0: It's, it's literally like if, if, and I think this seems plausible, this guy's outline here, the lockdowns were never going to work. None of this stuff was ever going to work. Contractor tracing was never going to work. None of this stuff was ever going to work. If the thing had been in the population for three, four months, the whole idea that we were going to be able to control and contain this thing is thrown out the window at that point. He didn't even care. It's like too long to read. This was, again, this was, you know, early, early on in the pandemic, January, and February of, or March of 2020, early on before the lockdowns. And if Fauci knew all this, he locked down anyway, knowing it was never going to work. I mean, it, I think that in a country this size, it
1: didn't matter when you tried lockdowns; they were never going to work, and yeah, unless this you got patient people, zero, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. Once it's here, it's here. Like we're not an island nation; we're not we're not a nation that is going to be able to do this. It's just not reality. Um, I think what was really troubling from the emails was a couple of things. Number one was the idea that we knew early on that this was very, it was already here earlier than we thought. And it was more than likely already spread. Like that was something that should have been known based on the available data. Number two is that we knew from an early point that it was very likely that this virus had been genetically engineered or at least genetically modified, even if it was at one point a natural occurring one. Uh, and it was, I'm not going to say conclusive, but it was by all appearances now from people much smarter than me, the idea that you could dismiss it was crazy. Yeah. Like, you could not have possibly dismissed it out of hand, as they did for a year. I mean, a year. If you brought this up, you were laughed just out of the room. Real,
0: real quickly, Washington Post, just two days ago, maybe even yesterday, finally corrected their the lab leak theory is debunked. Literally, I mean, 15 months after the fact.
1: Yeah, I mean, these are your fact checkers, folks. Like, that's the problem was it wasn't even that. It shouldn't have been that controversial of a thing. And now Fauci even now is coming out and being like, well, what's the point of assigning blame? That's not going to get us the information we need. You're not going to get the information you need anyway. It's been a year. If the China was going to release the data from the lab, they would have done it by now. They're not doing it. And here's the reality. It was genetically engineered out of a lab in the Wuhan Virology Lab, and it should have been very, very very obvious from the get-go. And now it's almost undeniable. I sh- I'm going to say almost because obviously anything could change as the data comes in. But the bats are 800 miles away from the Wuhan province. That's where those bats naturally exist that they're talking about. That's like something a, a, an outbreak in Syracuse, New York, being blamed on an animal in Savannah, Georgia. And then you, so you'd look everywhere in between and say, okay, well, there's got to be cases somewhere in between. There's got to be some animal that had it. There's got to be somebody that had it. How did it travel 800 miles, this unbelievably infectious virus, and not get anybody for an 800 mile track? It doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. And it never made sense. And like I said, right. I think that that was, and we'll get into some of the, uh, the origins uh, emails here in a little bit one of the other things i wanted to touch on too was the uh, there were several emails about masks so people were asking him you know what should i do about masks and he he was consistent with his original statements right hey these masks you know the particles are too small they these surgical masks aren't going to really work he's like we need n95s he even said in the email
1: back he said really the only benefit a mask could offer is for an infected person if they cough or sneeze on you
0: right that's the only time it'll block it D- Ben. In your history, when you were watching people with masks, how many people, if they coughed or sneezed, actually coughed or sneezed into their mask or removed it? Removed it. Yeah, every single person Do you I watched gross sneezed. They- sneeze
1: into a mask. <laughs>
0: I'm, not, it's I'm sorry, but it's disgusting. So nobody's doing that.
1: No, and that's the problem is that they turned into this little thing of like, okay, if you if, imagine the specificity of that answer, the only time a mask is offering any benefit is if an infectious person. And now, please keep in mind what we know about asymptomatic and presymptomatic spread and how it's zero point five percent at best, and that is a very generous uh, estimate of all cases. It's probably closer to zero point three or even a little below. All right, so that's where, we're at. that's where we're at. The only protection this mask offers is if a symptomatic person with the virus coughs or sneezes on you. I don't know about you, but even if I'm asymptomatic, even if I am symptomatic and dumb enough to go somewhere and go do it, and I have to sneeze, this is crazy, but keep up with me here. I'm probably going to turn away from people and maybe even cover my mouth. Maybe like right into the elbow, like that chicken wing thing we keep talking about, You're a hero. or maybe into my hands. And then there's this another crazy idea: I'm going to go wash my hands. It's wild, but just bear with me; it could work. You're a conspiracy theorist. I mean, obviously. So the idea that that turned into this, and then this guy has the balls to go out on MSNBC, and they ask him about like, "Well, your emails are getting taken out of context, you poor guy. You still look good. Talk about the email with the mask." And he's like, "Well, I did say that." And then it turned out that you know his data comes in you got to change your opinion to, to comport with the data. And then obviously there's not one question like, what data changed? Did the particle size change? Did the effectiveness of masks at blocking small particles change? Did the virus turn out to not be aerosolized? What changed? Did asymptomatic spread suddenly become real? No, the politics changed. Exactly. And the control changed. And this is the problem of the, with our entire media being so utterly corrupt and so utterly incompetent of yeah great you got a pretty face you get to go on these channels i've listen i've read what you wrote it's you're idiots i I don't got a better word for you you're pretty idiots that can deliver a message and read a teleprompter i mean congratulations but watching this happen and you're looking at like well the data changed oh okay the data changed guys it's cool the data changed don't worry about the data changed the data changed oh is nobody curious as to what data changed because i am yeah I'm curious, what data changed? Did the micron size of the virus change? No? uh, no. Okay, cool. Did the thickness of masks change to that extent?
0: Only if you wore two, Ben.
1: And even then, it didn't matter. (laughs) It still didn't matter. You could wear eight. It's not going to stop anything. Because the particles are so small, and they don't respond to gravity because they're too light. So they're randomized. They're going to go wherever they want. And they're going to hang in the air. The great irony of this is there. I'm not going to say it's conclusive, but there is strong evidence to indicate that wearing a mask, if you are symptomatic and sick and you wear it for more than 20 minutes, is actually more dangerous because the mask is not a force field. It doesn't immediately kill the virus when it hits it. It gets stuck on the mask and then your successive breaths in and out and in and out. Dampen the mask, make it somehow even less effective than the 0.3% it already was. I'm making that number up. It's really like 1% effective at blocking this. Um, You just keep breathing on it, and then it aerosolizes the particles. It actually shrinks them down, and then you either breathe the aerosolized particles back into your lungs, or, God forbid, you breathe them out. And now they're not droplets that go six feet and fall. Now they're aerosolized particles that hang in the air for something. They go like 25 feet, and they hang in the air for something like five or six hours. They don't just drop. Like, you are actually making things worse by having people wear a mask for anything longer than about 15 or 20 minutes. Once the mask gets wet, it's useless. Sorry, guys, you got moisture in your breath. Every time you breathe out, that mask gets a little bit more damp.
0: A little bit. Just a little bit. Yep. Over. And a
1: little bit less effective each time. Yep. And guess what? How many people change their mask every 20 minutes? Nobody. How many people made sure their mask was completely sanitary every time they put it on? Zero anybody well, ever put maybe. a mask on that was sitting on your car seat that groceries had just been sitting on or a cell phone or
0: paper or somebody's butt in your just glove been on? box in your pocket like they're whatever they're, it's disgusting yeah, the whole thing was a sham
1: yeah and it, that's my issue is for the love of god what changed what data changed dr fauci Give me the information that, so, that somehow showed a cloth face covering that has a disclaimer right on it that says, will not block the transmission of COVID-19, suddenly started blocking COVID-19 to any level whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Like I said, it it was all political theater. It's, it's How is the press not asking about this? I don't know. Speaking of masks, I know this is a little bit of a side tangent here, but uh, New York uh, changed their mask guidance for school starting tomorrow. Basically caused a bunch of teachers and uh, administrators to be vexed, if you will, uh, not knowing what to do tomorrow, uh, since they basically said the kids don't have to wear masks indoor or outdoors. But I feel like people's brains are so fried that they don't know what to do now. And they're like, wait a minute. We, what do you mean you can't wear masks? What are we? What we're, we're all threatened now, right? Again,
1: this is insanity. This has been the way the science has been trending since last April. This is not new. This is what every single study has come to the conclusion of, with the only exception of being a nonsensical study out of the University of Chicago last year that said kids might be able to spread it worse than adults. And it was a joke because at that point we'd had like five months of, or four months of data to show that they didn't. But they looked at their the viral load in, in their larynx or pharynx or some such, non, in their nasal cavity, I'm sorry, and said, well, it's just as high, so they could probably spread it just as easily. we like, sure, except we know they don't. So maybe that's not the dispositive factor on this. Maybe that doesn't dispose of the issue just because they have this similar load in their nasal cavity. Maybe there's another factor that you're not considering. No, you're not. You science denier. All right, cool. Obviously, my bad, because we don't have five months of data showing that children do not spread the virus. And again, schools that are fully reopened have less teacher cases than schools that are fully closed. So. If your school has been open this entire time, you are, your teachers and staff are less likely to have COVID than if you went fully remote. Let that sink in for a minute. Because it's not even like you could say, well, there's some correlation, but we can't establish cause. It's the opposite of what you wanted. And yeah. we stick with this. And yeah, no, kids shouldn't be wearing masks because it's dumb. And they're spreading so many more germs because kids are gross. I love my kids. They're gross.
0: I, I I'd have to calm myself down when I saw articles. A couple of these articles were similar, like you know how to get babies or toddlers reacquainted with faces. And I was like, "Oh my god, I, just, I can't even read this about breaking down into to anger." Let's let's talk about what wait, I th- wait 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 yeah go ahead. Speaking
1: of children, all right. So the CDC director, Dr. Walensky, came out and said she's seeing very troubling data on hospitalizations in kids. That's why it's so important that you get your child vaccinated as soon as they are eligible and cited some information on they are hang on i got the
0: exact data right here take your time we're all here for you mr Hearsong.
1: all right three times more likely of of getting hospitalized now than they used to be but then right in the article it says 1.3 per 100,000 require hospitalization. So just to put that into percentages, that is 0.0013% is the adolescent hospitalization rate, 0.0013. And that makes ICU rates, children that need to go to the ICU with COVID, 0.00043%. That's what the CDC is citing is the great need to get your child vaccinated ASAP 0.0013%. And of course, that includes kids that are in the hospital for other reasons, but just happen to have a positive COVID test because it's mandated for every hospital um, patient to get a COVID test. And son of a gun, if they don't come back with a ton of false positives, and then your kid counts towards that. And now here's the best part about all of it. They stopped the test where they came up with this number and they had to pick the date range. Now, if you were going to release something like that, you'd probably stop it like, I don't know, the day, maybe two days before. Try to
0: get the most updated data possible. I mean, that's what I would want to do.
1: They stopped it five weeks earlier. Guess what happened at, at that exact point where they chose to stop the study between that day five weeks ago and, you know, two days ago when they released this. Massive spike in kids? No, dropped oh, off a cliff, oh. buddy. Went all the way down. Hmm. And so this is the dishonesty you're looking at. And this is all publicly available. You can look at this. This is insanity. She is out here lying. She is out here trying to scare you. She is out here misleading you with data by saying it's a three times more likely. Well, yeah, when it went down to 0.1 and then increased to 1.3 per 100,000. Yes, technically, you're not lying. That is a 30% increase. But who in the world is going to panic over a, hey, there's a chance your child might have to go to the hospital. Now, it might just be that he's already there anyway and then had a positive COVID test. But including those, 0.0013%. What are you going to do?
0: I mean, after the third zero, I kind of lost
1: focus. I'm out. (laughs) I'm done. See Instead, they don't say it that way. They lie. They mislead you. And there's no justification for this whatsoever. This is the point where I'm at right now. I don't understand the end game. I don't understand the CDC pushing this vaccine on children who are at zero risk of dying and at almost zero risk of spreading this virus. And the CDC is out here and the NIH and Dr. Fauci and Dr. Walensky and Joe Biden and all these other people are out here pushing the idea that your kids need this vaccine. And when you look at the actual data, there's no way you'd reach the same conclusion. You'd be like, wait, 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 why would you phrase it that way? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what the end game is. I have no idea. I hope to God, it is just a money grab by big pharma, because if it's anything beyond that, I can't contemplate how nefarious it is. Cause I just don't understand how you get all these people on board and giving this vaccine that is so unnecessary. And we do not know long-term consequences. We don't. We don't know the long-term risks yet. The reality is we think we do because with previous vaccines, if it were going to get a long-term effect, it generally showed itself in the first year. Not always, but generally. That was not mRNA. That was that was traditional vaccines. And I know we've been working on mRNA and we've tested everything else. At some point, you may want to look into how those animal trials actually went because there's a reason they cut them short and it wasn't emergency use, folks. Uh, it's because they didn't go terribly well.
0: And don't just drill piggybacking on that whole note. Remember that the, all these, uh, these uh, trials that they had for the Moderna and Pfizer, they basically contaminated the whole control because they gave everybody who was the placebo, the virus, or the vaccine. So like, they, oh, I didn't was, know that. Yeah. So I have a family member who got the, uh, the, 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 I think it's Pfizer, one of the two MRNA ones. And, she was part of the trial, like ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So, but she was given the placebo, and then at some point they were like, "Okay, well, we just need to give everybody the, the vaccine." So they basically destroyed the control. There's no way to go back and basically be like, "Oh, wait, we had a bunch of people who didn't do this and they didn't get the whatever," and now these people like, "There's there's there's nothing compared to anymore." So it, going forward. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to know what the ramifications are until we just see them in real time.
1: And again, if you have a virus that is 2,400 times more likely to harm or kill a person over the age of 75 and you have a medicine that you want to find out if it really works, who are you going to test it on? If your motives are pure and your intentions are genuine, who who are you testing that vaccine on? Disproportionately, older people, because they're the ones at greatest risk.
0: Well, this is, like I said, this has been my, like, people get called me anti-vax all the time, but really it's, I'm the, I'm anti this propaganda vax, like give it to the people who needed it, stop pushing it on people who don't. And anytime you're pushing on people who don't, I'm going to call you out as BS because they don't need it. And you know, the, the, the fact that that people are being guilted and bribed and coerced into getting this thing is, is, just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And it actually angers me.
1: And I this is what angers me is people like Dr. Valencia coming out with that study where it's so clearly manipulated data Where even if that was the most up to date data possible. And I said, well, your chances of having your kid go to a hospital are 0.0013 percent. You'd laugh like my kid has a greater chance of breaking his arm at his baseball game today and having to go to the hospital. And then he might get a positive covid test and he's going to count even though he has no symptoms and he's perfectly fine. Like it's such a minuscule risk that it's insanity. And she's citing this data and obviously misleading people. And if you're not sold on it by that, the fact that she cited data that ended five weeks prior, that just so happened to coincide with the peak, that that's where she stopped the information and the data was at the peak. Cause it literally went like this and then this, and she stopped it right there. That's insanity. That's insanity. I'm sorry, but that, that is Let's not be honest, honest mistake. It's, it's nefarious
0: actions. It's, it's nefarious. It's, You're it, doing this on purpose. Yeah. Like,
1: this is not, you can't claim an innocent mistake unless you are the dumbest human being that ever became a doctor imaginable. Unless you are so, so stupid that you can't figure out, well, it takes time for the data to catch up. And I'm supposed to buy that you just happen to have to go back five weeks. To release this report and it just so happened to coincide with the peak that is selling this message and even then it's such a weak argument that kids need this the data is so overwhelmingly against you and yet you continue to push this narrative and push this lie and then you try to frame people that are going wait 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 no like well you're just anti-science anti-vax and you don't care about others nope not at all i actually very much do but there is troubling data coming out of some of the side effects of this vaccine there are there are heart problems for young men not saying it's causation there's correlation right now that young men are having an increase in aortic swelling and some other cardiac problems i don't know how long it's going to last i don't know there are cases of women who are postmenopausal who are menstruating again again correlation not causation probably worth investigating there are some issues with I don't know like I don't know if this is an actual increase but there's at least some anecdotal evidence again not causation just correlation of miscarriages of trouble conceiving like it's happening not to everybody but it's happening and, and we're not talking about it you're not allowed to bring up any of the risks you're not allowed to say wait 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 if you're 25 years old and in perfectly good health the idea that you would get this vaccine is very very confusing to me. It just doesn't make sense. Make your own decision. You're like, you're an adult. God bless you. But if you knew the actual facts, most people would conclude, no, I don't need this. That's just yeah. the reality. Is most people would conclude, no, 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 I don't think it's going to do any benefit for me. And you'd be right. Take vitamin D regularly. Get outside as often as you can. You're far less likely to get the virus. That's it. But we don't do that. We're, we've, we've gone all in on this angle. Why, like, or treat with ivermectin.
0: Like I said, I mean, that seems like a, a, a something that's just being glossed over by the media as well here.
1: right, And that's the thing. Okay, I get it. Ivermectin's only 94% effective at blocking the spread. All right, cool. So if I'm already at a 0.1% chance of getting it and spreading it, and I can reduce that by an additional 94%, am I really selfish for that? Or can we all agree that that's probably low enough? You're just a conspiracy theorist. I mean, I'm becoming one because this doesn't make sense. What are you going to do when all your conspiracies
0: become true? You're going to have to find new conspiracies, Ben.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go look for dimensional hopping dwarves. I can, I can help you with that. All right, cool. Because that's what I'm on to next. I'll tell you <laughs> right now. Once we solve this, I'm moving on to find some dwarves. All right, all right.
0: Period. End of sentence. All right. ayahuasca there's show. There's a lot of there's a long joke behind that, but all right. So let's. I'm gonna touch on what I think is probably the most um, I don't say juiciest. It's the most compelling. I think storyline from these emails. You know, there's a bunch of stuff on there where he basically was given information and dismissed it or or whatnot, but. Um, this idea of the lab leak, this idea of the origins coming from the Wuhan Institute of Virology and their relationship with EcoHealth Alliance, which is a company funded by Dr. Fauci, um, is, is all knowledgeable. Uh, everybody knows this now, right? This, Common this, knowledge. Yes. Pe- people are aware that, that Fauci and uh, the NAIED basically sent uh, millions of dollars to EcoHealth Alliance.
1: 39 million? Is that the number? That I was saw? from the Pentagon. Oh, that was from the <laughs> It's always good news when the Pentagon's involved. Yeah. <laughs> Thank
0: um, God. Yeah. So now we'll, get to, we'll, up get to up. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But bad. this, but so this origins thing uh, has obviously got a lot of traction because uh, recently, because it seems now the most plausible uh, uh, theory or hypothesis for the origins of this. Now, uh, uh, now, now. I mean, now in the mainstream, it's, it's right. clearly been a, uh, a hypothesis and a plausible hypothesis for months here, if not over a year. Remember, Zero Hedge got banned; what they got their Twitter suspended, like in April of 2020, I think, maybe even earlier. So they had, yeah. you know, they had an article. They called it a bioweapon, which is basically their their thing. That I'll get to this in a second, but in the emails, that article was linked by one of these doctor folks. Uh, actually, it was the president of Welcome. Um, who sent that link to a bunch of scientists. So basically they were aware that zero hedge was onto their game early on. But let me, let me, let me kind of walk back this uh, timeline here a little bit for the, uh, the, the possible up of this, uh, the origins of COVID here. So (laughs) in January of 30, January 31st, this is all like a three day span here. So this is like January 31st to February 2nd. So January 31st, Fauci gets an email from Dr. Christian Anderson, um, suggesting that part of the genome, that's very small, 0.1% or less than 0.1% of the genome looks engineered, right? So this is just a, hey, a heads up, I, this, we found this little pity that looks like engineered. Two hours later, Fauci is uh, calling his uh, deputy director, I can't remember the dude's name now, but I feel like he's in Europe uh, for the NIH, basically says, hey, we need to talk immediately, turn your phone on, this is important. So this is, this is an email that's two hours after that, uh, email from Christian Anderson on February 1st, later in the, that, later that day, there is a conference call set up by Jeremy Ferrar, who again is, let me, will, will you look up, it's called welcome, but with two L's obviously. Uh, and then and Jeremy Ferrar is the, uh, the president or the CEO, whatever he is. But so Jeremy Ferrar, this guy with the welcome center, whatever he is, has this teleconference, I'm going to read some of the names that are in this teleconference. This is uh, Saturday, February 1st, 2020 uh, from Marion Koopmans to Jeremy Farrar, Anthony Fauci, Patrick Valence, Christian Drosten, Eddie Holmes, Christian Anderson, Paul Schreier, um, Francis Collins. These are, he's the uh, NAIED uh, uh, director. Uh, so these people, Ron Fauchier, um, Stefan Pullman, and Andrew Rambot. So these are the, scientists and Bob Gary, who are, these are, are scientists that were involved in this teleconference. The day after Christian Anderson, who's on this list, basically devolves saying, Hey, uh, we think part of this might be, might be uh, engineered. This is February 1st. On February 9th, a preprint article, the proximal origin of SARS-CoV-2. Authors, Christian Anderson, Andrew Rambaut, Ian Lipkin, Edward Holmes, Robert Gary. So we have Robert Gary, Edward Holmes, Andrew Rambot, and Christian Anderson all cited in this preprint paper for Nature on the origins, basically dismissing the idea that the origins were uh, engineered or man-made, and that they basically highlight the natural occurrence of uh, of or the natural origins of COVID. So within six days. Or seven days, whatever it is, from this meeting, there is a. They've done enough research to print a paper into Nate, uh, into Nature Medicine, basically with all the you know with whatever information they had from February first to February 9th, dismissing the idea that it was uh, a, a man-made engineered virus. What's, I find that quite quite uh, more than a coincidence that that was out uh, in such a short period of time directly after theorist. that 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 conference. I am. So um this is I mean this is this is if this is if there's a conspiracy, this is this is one of them, right? So I mean this looks like a coordinated effort by these scientists to squash any discussion about the origins of uh, of COVID. Now through this these two these two couple of days here, um obviously you can see Fauci then goes on the uh, the war path there in the media and obviously the some of these uh, that paper gets printed and that gets used Uh, to kind of debunk or dismiss the idea that it was uh, uh, originated in a lab uh, specifically in Wuhan. So I find that crazy. I I don't even, it's not even a coincidence. It's, they literally decided whatever that teleconference and most of the teleconference, uh, a lot of that is redacted. So we don't know exactly know what they, they talk. Now, interesting, Ben, maybe you would know this as a lawyer, Dr. Lawyer guy. Um, So there's, Two that I could tell, uh, B6 and B5, these are notations within the Freedom of Information request. So these are, hey, we have to give this information, but we redacted this, and they have to give you a, a reason why they redacted it. B6 is usually because it's personal information. Like, if you look at these papers, they have the names, but they have their emails blocked out. Sure. Who cares? But the body is blocked out with a different location, which is B5. It's been alluded to that B5, first of all, they're supposed to be the only reason that would be uh, used as if it's from a government agent and just Jeremy Farrar guy and bunch the other people are not government agents they're just doctors and whatnot. They're not sure. actually on the government dole officially. Um, and so this idea um, that these doctors, uh, Fauci and Collins too, from the NAID uh, had this uh, uh, narrative that they were going to make sure was out there dismissing that in large part because of what we found out now, right? To, uh, Dr. Paul, uh, Rand Paul, that is citing or, or, or grilling, uh, Dr. Fauci about gain of function research about eco health Alliance, um, and their relationship with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It, there's, there, I don't know if it is a smoking gun, but this is pretty close to a I you know, where there's a coordinated effort to kind of push this narrative away from that. And, you know, Peter Daszak, we'll get to him in a minute, was kind of, uh, integral and kind of, uh, uh, pushing some of this information as well. Um, and he is the president of EcoHealth and he's basically the two papers, well, an email and a, this paper here were all had, had fingerprints of Peter Daszak all over them. Um, that dude is a piece of crap and we'll get into that in a minute here. <laughs> Seriously. Um, Peter Daszak didn't kill himself. That's, that's, before Fauci didn't kill himself, just for the record. If there's ever gonna guy go, gonna go, it's gonna be Peter Daszak. Um, ah, that's a shame. Yeah, but anyway. So I don't know. I I find this. Uh, oh, I, I want to roll the purchase base. So on January 31st, maybe it was a couple days before that. Um, a paper was circulated amongst those scientists that I just mentioned there um, from a November 15th. Paper in Nature Medicine that the authors or doctors of that uh, happen to be Ralph Barrick sure. uh, from UNC Chapel Hill, uh, gain-of-function research specialist, and Zheng Li Shi, the Bat Lady, oh, who is the in Bat Wuhan Lady virology lab. So yep. these two people are on this paper printed in November 2015. There's a bunch of other ones there, but um, it was done in this uh, the Mister or Doctor Barrick's lab. Uh, with the help of of Sheely there. And this is a paper outlining how they have engineered a virus. <laughs> a SARS virus. SARS virus, even. Um yeah. I'll I'll send you the link here time. A, a SARS like cluster of circulating back coronavirus that shows potential for human emergence.
1: It's so funny. Yeah. So it's not this, like, it's this paper
0: this paper got circulated and I'm gonna read this editor's note. This is from uh uh, March. we are aware that this article is, article is being used as the basis for unverified theories that a novel coronavirus causing COVID-19 was engineered. There is no evidence that this is true. Scientists believe that it's an animal's most likely source of the coronavirus. So this is an editor's note to that paper. Cause apparently this paper was like, Hey, look, here's this, here's kind of a interesting tidbit. The guy who we've been accusing of uh, engineering viruses, who wasn't supposed to be doing this because it was banned in the United States, did it and actually printed a paper on it. And I want to, Read one thing here. Let me see if I have this uh, pulled up real quick here. So wonderful. Uh, I don't have that here. Let me read this. What would it take for you to think these people are so? Learning? The one thing that I found interesting in this is p- that the uh, the paper. There's the, the change notices. Yeah. Oh yeah. So this is that's what I wanted to I wanted to read the um, I got you. Um, yeah, the editor's note, and then. Oh, no, that was just uh, the, the other piece here is that in the version of this article initially published online, he's like the authors omitted to the acknowledge uh, funding source, which was the USAID, uh, basically the, the funding to EcoHealth. health. Um, and the error has been corrected to, to print. So basically, they tried to sneak through the fact that this wasn't funded uh, by the uh, NIH. But the, the the one thing that I went over this was this was during the. 2015 is during the ban, right? So the ban started in 2014 for gain-of-function research through Obama administration. So this paper is in 2015. And what I found to be interesting is that the NIH found or the CDC found that the research was so valuable that they were going to continue the study regardless of the the ban. So this, this paper, it was printed in 2015 after the ban. I'm assuming maybe the work was done ahead of the ban i am giving them the benefit of the doubt there yep and then printed in uh march of 2020 2015 but then the research going along with that paper was never discontinued so they continued to, to go on
1: so according to the the disclosures that they said the studies were initiated before the u.s government deliberative process research research funding pause on selective gain of function research involving influenza mers and sar so it was initiated before continuation of these studies was requested and this has been approved by the NIH so for those of you keeping track at home let's just overly simplify this EcoHealth alliance and uh, what's his name again Peter Peter Daszak Daszak requested these funds and in there it said we're going to be doing this type of research in the Wuhan virology institute on what he considered to be gain-of-function research And so Anthony Fauci recently went in front of Congress and testified to Senator Rand Paul, the NIH does not and has not ever funded gain of function research in the Wuhan virology lab for a SARS COVID virus. What's odd, if you are a fan of, you know, logical consistency, is that if it's not gain-of-function research, because now we know they were funding it, there's no, that's inarguable. There's, the money trail is there. It went from the NIH to the EcoHealth Alliance over to the Wuhan Virology Lab. There's a paper trail. So the only out for Dr. Fauci is that it wasn't technically gain-of-function research. And Rand Paul even said something in their back and forth of like, well, it's something pretty close to gain-of-function research. <clears throat> You're parsing your words. So here's my question. If that's your out as Dr. Fauci, why did they have to request the continuation once gain-of-function research was paused. They're doing this research, and then they had to request from you that they be allowed to continue because apparently they thought that it was gain-of-function research, and they needed to get your approval, which you then granted. And so apparently you didn't tell them it doesn't need to be approved because it's not gain-of-function. You approved it as gain-of-function research, but because the information there contained was so important
0: that it had to be done. Yeah, I feel like they they call it uh, gain of threat. That's like a, they're better. You know, they trying to make it more I uh, cozy. Yeah, I,
1: I don't care what you call it. Dr. Fauci went in front of Congress and lied.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's, it's a lie. It's pure and simple a lie because this would be the inconsistency you need to say if it wasn't gain of function, why did they need an exception and why did you approve it? Why didn't you tell them they didn't need to apply for an exception because what they were doing didn't fit the definition of gain of function? No, 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 you approved it, and you gave them the exception to do gain-of-function research on these viruses. And then one got out, and now
0: you are trying to cover your tracks. You are a liar, pure and simple. Yeah, and this Peter Dozick guy, the president of EcoHealth, let me read some... Oh, uh, can't wait for this. Let me read some, uh, some data from this article here. So the Pentagon gave $39 million to Dr. Peter Dozick's EcoHealth Alliance... Um, the charity that funded coronavirus research at the Wuhan lab, accused of being the source of the outbreak at federal data level. So let me read some of these. Uh, this is a, a, an article from the Daily Mail. Federal data seen by DailyMail.com reveals the Pentagon gave $39 million to Eco Health Alliance, which funded a lab in Wuhan between 2013 and 2020. So this has been going on for a while. Um, a federal grant... That assembled in the independent research shows that <clears throat> the charity received more than 123 million dollars from government in total. So this is EcoHealth Alliance. <clears throat> they've, re- they've received 123 million dollars in, in government grants. Um, grants from the Pentagon included 6.5 million for the Defense Threat Reduction Agency from 2017 to 2020. So that's the most recent. Uh, that's after they allowed or re- uh, Fauci uh, lifted the ban on uh, gain of function. So now we have 6.5 million going to from the Pentagon to to EcoHealth Alliance, they received sixty four point seven million dollars from the U.S. Agency of Internal Development <clears throat> (USAID). Um, it received thirteen million from Health and Human Services, uh, which includes the National Institute of Health and the CDC. Uh, it's not; it, they don't. There's no direct money trail to uh, Wuhan uh, lab of vi- virology there. But clearly they've been working hand in hand this whole time here. So um
1: He said we're working with I, the Wuhan yeah, right Yeah, I don't think it's
0: I don't think I don't think there's any discussion. I don't think there's any you know, anybody's not saying that they weren't working together. It's just a question of whether or not how much of that money actually was funneled into China. So all of it? <laughs> maybe. Uh so it's more than just this three point seven that it's got the headlines here. This Eco Health Alliance is a gigantic I mean I don't know what to say. I mean, this, this slush fund um, for for China. I don't know. Like, it seems like there is a funnel from our government through this uh, not this charity group through this nefarious purple this person, uh, freaking Peter Daszak. And how much of that is being fun- like th- th- these? All this amount of money, all this narrative. This is the reason why I feel like there's a cover up in the Origins League, Right? There's too much money to be at, at stake here. And reputations would be destroyed if it turns out that it looks like uh, our own country funded a pandemic against us. Right? We like, did. This is where we're at.
1: We funded it. Let's get on to the next thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is settled. It's yeah, over. I, it's we funded the very. F- I, I no. I listen. I. I, and listen, I, I'm assuming this is why Dr. Fauci is very combative when he's being grilled by Dr. Paul, right? He's like, "Okay, I, I'm going down with. The, I don't want to go down with the ship, um, but the ship's going down." And
1: it's, it's so obvious. And again, let's go back to it. 600,000 COVID deaths. Not true. Why have we not gone through and parsed out the people that died, even if it's with comorbidities? Real quick,
0: piggybacking on that real second, sorry to interrupt. In Alameda County, I just read a report that basically said that they reduced their COVID deaths by 25% because of the exact reasons that you laid out. They went through and they're like, oh, these, these shouldn't be COVID deaths.
1: Right. If you died in a car accident, obviously you didn't die of COVID. I'm not talking about the people that had stage four cancer and died of COVID. You can even count them. Fine. But the people who actually died from something completely different is nonsense. And that's still counted. And let's not even get into the fact of so, not one person died of medical error. Not one person who had COVID died of medical error. It'd be the first time ever. Because, I mean, medical error is basically estimated to be about the fourth leading cause of death.
0: Yeah. Usually it flips out between third and fourth.
1: Right. So, third or fourth leading cause of death. Nobody wants to admit that because we all want to have this prestige image of doctors and nurses and everything else, but they're human, they make mistakes. And medical error is responsible. It's like the fourth leading cause of death in the country. That's insanity. But nobody died in medical error. We sure about that? With all those respirators,
0: we sure that was one hundred percent necessary. And like I said, this is just one county, and twenty but twenty five percent is a gigantic number. Even if and, it's ten percent, it's right. a big number. And so I'm assuming other counties, other regions are have made the same mistakes or the same uh, you know protocols to keep to to pump up that number. Like I said, I, I'm assuming that there was. Maybe it's a bad assumption, but I'm assuming that the reason they did that was to make sure that they were just getting everybody early on, okay, let's I'll make sure of the test. So I'll, I'll buy that it. into it. But at some point you gotta walk some of that back and be like, Okay, we wanted to make sure, but now we don't need to make sure anymore. We we figured this out and every day that goes on that they don't correct that number makes me buy
1: it less. That that was the yeah. real reason. Oh, for sure. Every day that they don't update the number. Early on I would give it to you, like, hey, you wanna be sure, I get it. I think it's I, I don't think it's the right way to go, but I get it. So okay, fine every day guys this has been what are we at now 15 17 months
0: at least 15 yeah. yeah
1: we haven't gone back to be like all right now let's go parse through the data let's go figure out what we're really dealing yeah, with they
0: could have been doing that months ago too i mean they they could have been doing that early and then still getting what we you know what they wanted having their 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 uh capture rate better because they're like hey we got to make sure that we we're getting everybody but then at some point, you could have had a whole separate other people going back through and combing through that to make sure that it was what it was the whole time. They could have been kind of tweaking that number, but they they clearly left it in big, bold print. So the CDC, instead of going back and figuring out what the actual mortality rate of this
1: virus is and what the actual effect is on adults, children, young adults, older adults and old people and going through and parsing through the data and saying, well, this one shouldn't count. This one obviously shouldn't count. These ones are a gray area. So we're still going to count those. Instead, we get nonsensical studies about the risk of children of 0.0013 percent hospitalization hospitalization. hospitalization rate is a grave need to vaccinate your children. That's what we got instead. We got the director of the CDC coming out, manipulating data to stop using the data five weeks prior that just happened to coincide with the peak of child hospitalizations. And again, that peak was 0.0013% to convince you. That your children need to be vaccinated as soon as they're eligible that's what we got instead of wanting to go get accurate data this is where our government is spending its time and energy right now on covering up the idea that we funded the lab leak on going and doing the bidding of big pharma and trying to get all the brand loyalty imaginable to make sure every human being regardless of their actual risk goes and gets vaccinated continuing to recommend that children wear masks outside until today this is what we've gotten out of the cdc you want to know why some of us are pissed this is why because none of this makes sense that's why I'm getting into a conspiracy theory level at this point, because this is inexcusable. This is unjustifiable. And the more information you find out about this, the less sense it makes. And that's what I mean of, I pray, genuinely pray, it's just a money grab for big pharma. Because if it's anything beyond that, I can't fathom how nefarious what we are looking at actually is. Don't get me wrong. The money grab is nefarious. Enough, sure. Yeah. But th- even for a money grab, this is extreme. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're trying to get 12 year olds vaccinated. That's an extreme thing just to make a buck. Yeah, and you're manipulating data at the it, CDC.
0: I said maybe I said this to you before. The only way this makes sense to me, all of this, is if Jeffrey Epstein's involved. Ah, oh, God, I hate you. Then it, then it becomes <laughs> full clear, right? Then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if he's involved, then this all makes sense because none of the none, none of his stuffs makes sense, right? It's literally just him involved. So. I'm with you. I'm frustrated on why we're doing all this. Why did we do this so much differently than, than every other virus that we've had? Like the, the data is, is not any more dangerous. This go around than any other previous, uh, uh outbreak like this. And yet we, as a cunt, as a world, reacted significantly different. We basically tried to lock down and and it was and then buried our heads in the sand. Yeah, right. It was
1: refused it, to acknowledge any discrepancy and we debunked anything that went against the official narrative. This is like some
0: debunked without even having the discussion. This
1: which, is some 1984 stuff. Yeah. Like they're lying. We know they're lying. They know we know they're lying, and it just goes on anyway.
0: And they just lie anyway.
1: Right. And then we just go along, and this is what I mean. Like, guys, this does not end well. Like, this is not a good path to be on. We have to stop going down this path. You have to start questioning these people. They're not good people. They are self-interested, self-dealing, sociopathic, and insane. And we can't freaking champion them fast enough. Go have some fun and look into Big Pharma's history. Find out why insulin, even though it was invented 100 years ago, is somehow still under patent. Find that out. It's a really fun story. Find out how they use Indian reservations and tribes to own patents and then lease them because it's subject to international law instead of U.S. patent law. Find out about that and why would they ever do that. Find out about what the CEOs of all these big pharma companies make and what they do to make it. The idea that anybody would be a brand ambassador for Pfizer, Merck, Johnson & Johnson, any of these companies, is such a deficit of knowledge that I cannot fathom it. Johnson & Johnson literally tried to cover up that they had asbestos in baby powder. These are the people you want to be the champion for? Or the CDC that came out and blatantly manipulated and lied about data? Have at it. Pick your champion and go. Yeah, I, Forgive I, some of us if we're going to sit that one out.
0: Yeah. So let's wrap this up here. I I do think that the Fauci emails are are kind of just uh, the first uh, release of information that we're going to have. I think we're going to be able to.
1: There'll be more.
0: There's going to be more. And it's not going to be just from Fauci. It's going to be from other people. And this whole thing is going to kind of come down.
1: And somebody please ask Anthony Fauci what data changed. You keep saying when the data changes, we adjust. What? data about the particle size of covid and the effective particle blockage of masks changed between january of 2020 and may of 2020 what changed what science changed not politics what science actually changed to say that this is at all effective
0: yeah none None, none i'm getting just frustrated i gotta go out and sell some ice cream (laughs) all right folks well, I want to thank everybody for this uh, joining us for this uh, special Sunday edition of uh, Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Um, I don't know if we'll do anything the rest of the week here. I doubt it. I was thinking if I was going to do something tomorrow, just in place of the show. I don't know. Let's see if some news breaks.
1: Then you can okay, just well, jump maybe. on and do an intro.
0: Maybe. So, um, but on that note, uh, I do want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in. Be sure to like and share this video. Uh, spread it out there. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, that helps uh, get us uh, in the algorithms
1: all about the algorithms. The algorithms? I still don't even know what that means. Yeah. But yeah, help us um, with the algorithms, please.
0: Yeah, and uh, hit that notification bell because then you get notified if we do go early uh, on a Sunday as opposed to a Monday, you'll be notified ahead of time without having to worry about trying to scour Facebook. So hit that notification bell and you'll be notified for our uh, future content. Um, and on that note, Mr. Hussong, would you like to leave anybody for their uh, any information for their Sunday? Any uh, lightning words? Any words of wisdom? Go outside, take vitamin D, get fresh air, and take the mask off your kid. That's it. sound it's 90
1: degrees stops letting kids play sports in 95 degree weather wearing a mask it cannot be good for them
0: sound advice I'll, I'll, i'll follow that all right on that note i want to thank everybody and we will see you all again uh next monday